Hey y'all, welcome back to State of the Braves. I'm George McNair and uh, we are getting right back into the swing of things of the regular season. Uh, last time I was with you guys, we kind of broke down the first two games of the season uh, as the Braves split those two with the Reds. And so um, we have uh, moved on and now we are seven games into the season. So I want to go through some of that, some of the events of uh, the season. Unfortunately, it has not been a particularly great start to the season for the Braves uh, as they are now three and four. They started the season, uh, you know, and you're thinking, wow, we're going to start with the Reds, four games with the Reds, four, three games with the Nationals. Oh, we could probably start five and two, six and one if things really go well. And here we are sitting at three and four. Now it is early. We don't want to, uh, you know, throw our hands up. Of course, this is baseball, 162 games. A lot can happen. And, you know, you, you, you throw in there as well the shortened spring training and you feel like a lot of these guys are not who they're going to be in a few weeks. Um, but nonetheless, these games count, right? And you still need to win them. They do matter. We feel like this, um, you know, the NL East is going to be closer this year with some, some better competition with the, the Phillies and Mets. And so, you know, we do need to uh, think through what's going on in these games. Before we get into these games, uh, I do want to just share a little bit of Braves news. You know, uh, guys, I do like to do this in the beginning just to make sure we're all up to date on all the happenings that are going on with the Braves. The first is a bit of unfortunate news, though not surprising. Luke Jackson, uh, the Braves, uh, one of the best right-handed pitchers out of the Braves bullpen, is going to be out for the year. Um, he has to undergo Tommy John surgery. Um, this looked like it was likely to happen but now we get the word officially that it is going to happen and you know with Tommy John it's really more than a year typically it's about a year and a half so look for uh, Luke to be back maybe mid-season of 2023 it's an it's unfortunate for him but I'm just happy that arm held out enough <laughs> for him to contribute for the 2021 season um, you know Jackson is has been around the team uh he was actually at the the pregame ring ceremony that i'm going to talk about here in a minute uh so you know i think he's in good spirits but it has to be frustrating for him uh you know typically now when a pitcher has tommy john uh they're they're usually good to go and a lot of times they'll come back even better after tommy john but it is a long process of recovery so it's something he's going to have to go through uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, uh, just some minor league news. A couple of the guys that I've I've uh, really had my eye on and have mentioned to you guys before are doing quite well to start the season. So Michael Harris, again, is the Braves' top prospect, center field prospect in AA Mississippi. Uh, he had a great game uh, last night, three hits, uh, and he has just been raking in AA. Now, he hasn't hit a uh, home run yet for the season, and we mentioned that that's really his last thing, that his last hurdle uh, in his development is letting that power that he definitely has, letting that play out in games. But nonetheless, still a lot of extra base hits, doubles and triples. Uh, I watched him uh, through um, a highlight on Twitter. He hit a, um, a ball to the gap that didn't even make it all the way to the wall, and he had a stand-up triple. So it, it tells you a little bit about his speed. Um, and his ability just generally. And so just very encouraged about Michael Harris. Hopefully he continues to play well. And then Vaughn Grissom is their shortstop prospect in high A. Uh, that's Rome. 
and uh, he has also been playing really well. He had a three-hit game last night, um, a single, actually two singles and a double, I think, and then he also had a ball that was almost out and got caught right at the at the center field wall, but also playing well. Those two guys, I'm going to continue as far as um, you know. The Braves are not really um, are not really rich in position players in the minors. Um, but these two guys are guys that could really become something, I think, for the Braves and guys I will continue to look look at. Uh, the other the other bit of news is William Contreras got moved back down to AAA. Remember, he started the season with the Braves. Um, I'm not sure why they so quickly sent him down or why they necessarily chose to start the season with him. I mean, he was only up for a few games, but here he is back in AAA. I, I think generally it's good. I mean, it's it's good for him to get his, his catching – duties in and maybe they they just wanted him up until triple a started and just to have an extra bat off the bench he i don't think he had a hit while he was in the brace lineup all right so uh that's that's the bit of Braves news i want to share the the only other thing i want to talk about before we dive into uh these games is the pregame ring ceremony on saturday night this was something i was personally looking forward to um you know the Braves have not won a world series since 1995 so they haven't had a ring ceremony since 1996 and um so this was a, a neat uh experience for the fans as well as the players seeing the players and the coaches get their rings uh some of my favorite moments um, Snicker getting his, of course, he's very famously been in the Braves organization for 40 some years. So just a culmination of so many years of dedication for him. That was really cool. Uh, Ron Washington was another one that stuck out to me. He probably got the biggest ovation of anyone, uh, <laughs> which I love that the Braves fans recognize Ron Washington. I think he's actually a huge part of the Braves success. Um, and he got his, and you know, Washington, I think, is about 70 years old. I don't know if he's ever had um, been a part of a World Series champion before. I know he was super close as a manager with the Rangers, so seeing him get a World Series ring was was really cool as well. And also, you know, of course, just the players and, and, and that experience of them getting their ring and, and looking at it and being blown away by it. The ring itself, I do want to break down the ring just a little bit, which is a funny thing to do, but um, the ring itself has some really cool features. Uh, my favorite features are the, are the, um, the way that they honored Hank Aaron uh, through a couple things. So like on the side of the ring, uh, you have 44 diamonds, which of course that was his number, 44 diamonds on the side honoring him. And this gives you an idea of how ridiculous the ring is. 755 to total diamonds are in the ring. And of course, that signifies his 755 uh, home runs. As he is really, as we all know, he's he's the true and legitimate home run king of Major League Baseball. Uh, yeah, come on, Barry Bonds. Uh, we we all know what happened there. A um, couple other things. There are tons of things in this ring. Um, you know the different stones and all the different things that are in the ring that signify things. But I just want to point out a few. So on one side of the ring, uh, you see the World Series trophy. And there's a single pearl in the middle of that. And, of course, that signifies uh, Jack Peterson and his pearl necklace. And uh, the the fans really embrace that. And you saw fans all throughout um, all throughout the stands, particularly in the playoffs, wearing their pearl necklaces. And, uh, you know, Peterson had a very – apparently he had a, a big hand in this ring. Uh, he was really interested in the design of it. And I think Peterson did have a huge impact on the team. I mean, he had his impacts um, – on the field, but I think his arrival, you know, he was the first guy 
who came over in a trade that, that signified that the Braves were going to try to go for it, even though they hadn't played well throughout the, the season to that point. And um, so it, it absolutely makes sense that that he and the kind of swagger that he brought to the team has some influence on this on this ring. Um, so the most unique thing about the ring and what really puts it over the top of probably any championship ring that's ever been created was the fact that the top it can open up. And when you open it up, you see this miniature version of Truist Park. There's 11 rubies that are set in um, the outfield stands of the park that, that signify the 11 home runs that the Braves hit in, in the World Series. Um, there's also, when you open it, LED lights that actually come on. They're workable lights. I don't know how that even works in a ring, but um, just, I mean, it's it's over the top. It's ridiculous, but it's also very unique to the Braves and their entire 2021 uh, road that they took to, to win the World Series. So really cool. And man, the Braves, they gave these rings to like everybody. They gave them to all full, uh, full-time staff of of the team they gave them to all of the broadcasters for the braves i mean they just handed out these rings left and right so anyways a really cool moment that the braves got to enjoy and thankfully they they were also able to win that game so they they won saturday's game two to one it, it was uh definitely more of a pitcher's duel um offensively marcelo zuna was kind of the star of the show he had two two doubles in that game uh, this is the game that Matt Olson gets thrown out of the plate twice. So we learned that Matt Olson is not fast. <laughs> um, but he also got thrown out on two really well-thrown balls from Cincinnati. So some some bad luck on that, on the Braves part there. Um, and actually kind of humorous. You know, they were, uh, the, the players were giving him some uh, uh, a hard time for getting thrown out twice. And you can laugh about it a little bit more when you win the game. Um this is Kyle Wright's debut, and this was the biggest part of the game. Was Kyle Wright came out and pitched really well. Uh, he looked good. He was he was aggressive, and he was aggressive in the zone with his pitches, which is something if you watch right before, you know, kind of nibbling and and that sort of thing. No, he was aggressive in the zone, and particularly throwing his curveball more, which I think has been a real big part of his. Uh, success, his success last year in AAA, and he carried it over in this first game. Now, you don't want to take too much away from just a single start, but it is definitely encouraging to see him start this way. You guys might remember that I called uh, I called it that, <laughs> that Wright was going to have a good year. So this is a good start um, for that prediction, but of course it doesn't mean much, just one game in, but hopefully he'll continue this on throughout the season. All right, uh, then the Braves... Uh, concluded they their um, four-game set with uh, the Reds Sunday. They lost that game 6-3, to three, and, and this is actually the start of kind of a downturn for the Braves. Um, four not-so-great games, um, actually three bad ones and one good one. So um, this is Ian Anderson's debut, season debut, and he did not look good. He, he clearly has not found... Uh, the feel for his pitches yet, his fastball or his his changeup, which are his two primary pitches. I actually got to watch um, a spring training game for Anderson that he really struggled with against the Red Sox, and he really just looked like the same pitcher in this game. Like he has not figured out that feel yet for his pitches, which is unfortunate. The thing about Anderson that is a little frustrating to me, obviously he's had tremendous postseason success, you know, and when he's going right, he is 
he's effectively wild. Like, you know, he'll be in and out of the zone, a lot of high pitch count, you know, three, two counts, but he'll kind of lock it down and get the guy to swing at something on that three, two count. Um, but of course, what that means is he's very inefficient with his pitches. We'll remember that in the World Series, he only got through. You know, he, it was it was um, a no hitter, right? He was throwing a no hitter, and yet he could only get through five innings because of his pitch count. So we see that uh, continuing uh, that inefficiency. But right now, he doesn't have the feel for his pitches. On top of that, and so there's just a lot of guys on base, um, and you know a few hits on top of that and and Anderson did not look good in this Sunday Sunday game. So I'm hoping that this is just a sign of, you know, maybe Anderson's a guy who needs a, those few additional starts in spring training um, that he didn't get and maybe within a another start or two he'll be locked in. I certainly hope so. But I think long term Anderson even when he's going well, he needs to become a little more efficient and a little more aggressive in the zone. You know, he will get to one and two counts quite often. And it seems like once he gets there, he's just trying to get the guy to chase. And I'd really like to see him become a little more aggressive in the zone with some of those pitches, especially his fastball. Uh, this was a good day for Matt Olson. Uh, this was his first home run as a Brave. Uh, he stroked it. I mean, this was a laser beam to center field. Uh, so that was cool. He, and, you know, Olson, I've just been very impressed with early on. You know, as we're all getting to know him as a hitter and as a player generally. I'm encouraged a lot. It seems like he is really connecting with some guys in the clubhouse, joking around a lot, um, and just on the field, hitting to all fields, um, and taking walks as well. So, you know, again, with all of this stuff that we're talking about, it's early in the season. You don't know exactly where it's going to go, but but Olsen has been very, very impressive to start his Braves career. He also saw Colin McHugh come into this game, and remember that he, uh, he allowed that three-run homer off of just a meatball pitch, <laughs> this hanging slider um, the other night, the, the first game of the season against the Reds. He comes in this game and, and pitches much, much better. And now you're getting an idea of, of why the Braves gave $5 million uh, for Colin McHugh this season. Um, and you, he pitched about two innings and was, was lights out. Darno also had a home run. This is the game that um, Hunter Green for the Reds made his debut very highly touted. Reds prospect throwing 100 miles an hour, that sort of thing. Darno was able to square one up to right field, um, but not a lot beyond Darno and and Olson in this game, uh, unfortunately. All right, so Monday's game was really the stinker of the whole uh, the whole week. Um, the Braves lose 11 to two to the Nationals again. You, you split with the Reds, okay? You know, you split the first four games. Well, we got the Nationals coming in. We ought to at least be able to win that series. And you just get blown out in this first game. And that's definitely a downer. Uh, Oscar Anoa was the starting pitcher, and he just did not have it at all. The The problem with Anoa, he's basically a two-pitch pitcher. And that in and of itself is not a problem. I mean, you can be an effective two-pitch pitcher if your pitches are elite. And when when he's right, when he is going well, his two, his two pitches really are elite. His fastball can sit at 97 or 98, and his slider is really the thing that, I mean, can make him dominant, but his slider was terrible in this game. Uh, he hung several that just got mashed, uh, particularly one to Michael Franco, uh, which got crushed for a home run. And so, you know, his his struggles uh, are something that you, you do wonder again, well, maybe he's just not quite there yet with this shortened spring training, 
But you figure Inoa might have the shortest uh, leash in terms of what Snicker's going to do with the starting rotation. Uh, and this is definitely not the way uh, Inoa would have wanted to start the season. Uh, Spencer Strider came in in the mi middle innings and was uh, pretty effective. So, again, he remains a, a bright spot for this team. But then um, the, the other really downside of Inoa not making it very long into this game was Tucker Davison was forced to come in as a mop-up role. And, you know, you can you can question this uh, for Snicker. I, I'm kind of on the fence of what would have been better. You know, do you kind of blow your bullpen here for a second straight day or do you try to save him with um, Davidson, who's a starter? And, you know, he chose to go with Davidson. And Davidson, you, you kind of give him a pass. He was not good in this game either. But you figure emotionally he's kind of getting ready to start in the following day. And, you know, then you, you're thrown into a game that's, that's out of reach basically. And, you know, he just, he didn't look good either. I think he gave up four or five runs as well. And so, you know, you feel it for Davidson because you want him to have a solid shot in the rotation. He pitched really well in spring training. So I don't know. I'm hoping that in a few days he's given a shot to, to start and, um, you know, given a, a full look in that role. All right, so anyways, the Braves did very little offensively in this game. It was just basically a throwaway game um, that they were never really in. Um, but Tuesday comes around, and they flip the script, right? Uh, this is their blowout win. They win 16-4. to um, And the, the biggest takeaway from this, because Davidson had to pitch and was burned in the previous game, the Braves brought, brought up Bryce Elder, who's pitched great. Um, he pitched great for them all season last year in the minors. Pitched great in um, spring training and is brought up and pitches great in his major league debut. So really exciting stuff here. Um, he pitched five and two-thirds innings, gave up three earned runs. Uh, two of those earned runs were off back-to-back -back home runs in the sixth where he might have been running out of some gas. Might have been running low. But nonetheless, you know, if you watch Bryce Elder, he looks different from a lot of the, the other Braves pitchers. He's not blowing anybody away. Um, with any pitch, but he has five pitches that he can throw. He can throw them all for strikes. Uh, they're all above average, but again, none of them are elite, but all above average pitches that he can throw for strikes. And so with that, you know, he can go after guys in a lot, a lot of different ways. You know, he, to me, he's, he's like the complete opposite of Wasker and Noah, who has two elite pitches. But if one of those pitches is off, then you can just sit on the other pitch and he, he becomes incredibly hittable. With a guy like Elder, uh, even if he shows up and one or two of his pitches is off for that day, he's still got other places to go. He can still survive. He can still keep you in a game. Uh, and he's also very efficient. Um, he's throwing strikes. Every pitch that he's making is around the strike zone or in the strike zone. And so that's what he showed. He was very efficient in this game, uh, particularly through those first five innings where he looked just very, very good. Um, yeah, and that's, that's the biggest thing to me is I think the Braves are going to value that. Uh, when you have, you know, an Ian Anderson who even on his good days doesn't tend to get you beyond much beyond five innings, um, when you're trying to save your bullpen, okay, well, let's throw a guy who, yeah, he might give up a few runs too, but he's going to, consistently be able to get through six I think that is what Bryce Wilson is and that's why I think he's very likely to stick around in the rotation uh, offensively in this game I mean it was it was just one of those fun games where everything's going right 
Uh, Travis Darno had three hits, was on base, I think, almost every time up. Um, and uh, also, interestingly, was moved up to the fifth hole. I think that is a sign. Darno has started the season really well. And th- some of the other guys ha- simply have not. I mean, you, you do not have a lot from um, – from Duval right now, you have next to nothing from Swanson and from Rosario and Darno's hitting. So he got moved up to the fifth spot and had a really nice game. Ozuna had a great game. He hit two home runs. He hit another double off the right field wall that um, probably goes out in a lot of other parks. Um, so he has started the season great. And with these two, I'm thinking like, is this 2020 again, right? Are these guys going to have great seasons uh, after both of them, for different reasons, kind of had lost uh, regular seasons in 2021. It would be great if they did. It would be a huge, huge lift. And then you start thinking about these guys uh, playing well and uh, Acuna coming back when he does. And the lineup does start to take shape a lot more when, when he returns. Every Brave had a hit in this game. Um, and it's one of those laughers where, you know, you have a a, a regular – position player uh, coming in uh, to throw for the last couple innings. And so, you know, got a little ugly and a little silly at the end. Uh, you might have seen Travis Darno getting hit by a 55-mile-an-hour pitch and going down in a heap. And that was really funny to, to watch. It's made its rounds on social media. Um, but anyways, the Braves played well in this game, and everything just kind of went right for them. And you were hoping, okay, you know, you got this game, and now you're going to go out and win. win on Wednesday. You got Freed going. Um, let's let's get back to a winning record and then go on the road. But unfortunately, that did not happen. The Nats got two early runs off of Freed. After that, Freed really locked it down and looked really good. Um, and then he got hit in the leg in the sixth inning, uh, and that started to tighten up, kind of hit right around the, the hamstring area. And you can understand coming out of the game there, you don't want to pull a hamstring, um, you know, makes make a bad situation worse. So he came out of there, and, and all, all reports are that he's going to be good to go um, long-term. Uh, but again, the offense was nowhere to be found. This is the frustration of this early season start. Uh, you have the Braves score two runs on Monday, then they score 16 on Tuesday, and then they score one run on Wednesday. And uh, you just kind of scratch your head there. Um, so, you know, you, you give props to the Nationals had their um, – their top prospect pitching, Josiah Gray. This is the guy they got for Scherzer and uh, Trey Turner when they made that trade to the Dodgers last year. So, I mean, this guy is um, talented, but he really has not performed that well um, in the majors outside of the Braves. He's pitched the Braves really tough, I think, in three separate starts, and that continued in this game. But the Braves continue to get nothing from um, anywhere down from you know after their their top four hitters they're just getting nothing in um in their offense darno set this game so you have the first game that manny pena has has played in for the braves um and so again outside of their top four hitters they just didn't weren't able to put anything together it's just rally rally killing um when you get to the bottom of the order uh pretty frustrating uh and just kind of to highlight that dansby swanson right now um is hitting a buck 60 and that's with he he got kind of a throwaway hit off of uh, D Gordon uh, in the in the Tuesday game. You know, yeah, okay, you get a you get a hit off fifty five mile an hour pitch. I, I don't. It's almost like that shouldn't count. <laughs> so that that's with that hit. Um, and then 
Eddie Rosario is hitting 050. Uh, I think he's had one hit all season, and he just does not look into the game right now. He, um, it's like a shell of himself from uh, the postseason, and maybe he's one of those guys who just you know emotionally gets up for the postseason when when games really matter. But in the early going, he's not going to be into it as much. But but you know, if Swanson and, and Rosario can start hitting, it's going to totally change this team. It's going to totally change what they're doing offensively. And I'm really hoping that something, you know, a flip will switch for those two as they go on the road. Uh, you might recall that Swanson was a much better hitter on the road last year for some reason. Um, and so um, maybe maybe that can, you know, happen. And, and maybe getting into some of these tough games against tougher opponents, Rosario will, will start hitting better too. So looking ahead, um, you know, one of the big things I want answered is, is will Snicker make an early adjustments to the starting rotation? You know, I, I don't expect Snicker to make a, a knee-jerk reaction uh, to one or two bad starts from guys, but I do think Waskar Noah is very likely to have a quicker um, exit from the starting rotation. I think particularly if he has another bad outing like this again, you could see him going back down to AAA or, or, or going to the bullpen for a little while. Uh, and, you know, what's going to happen with Bryce Elder? I think it would be almost a crime if he were to be sent back down to AAA. He needs to be in the rotation. Uh, let him continue to to prove that, that this is who he is. And, uh, you know, if he stumbles and he needs to be sent back down for a little while, fine. But um, let's see what he's got. Uh, when will Rosario and Duvall and Swanson start hitting? Uh, you know, this is another piece where um, the Braves, and one reason why they're – you know they're so inconsistent right now offensively and not being able to put a lot of stuff together is because their lineup is just imbalanced. Um, so particularly when Darno takes a day off. So you know they these guys need to step up. They need to start hitting better. And I'm hoping that you know you're getting to the point now where you're you're kind of close to the number of games you would have in a normal spring training. So I'm really hoping that they're going to start um, really start going at it now. So this West Coast road trip is starting um, tonight, right? The Braves are going to have four games at San Diego and then three games versus the Dodgers. Um, and, I mean, mentally, I really hope they're into this. Uh, I hope they're ready to go. Freed's comments after the game last night were encouraging to me. He basically just said, it's time to turn the page. You know, this this week has been all about celebrating 2021. And you can kind of understand where mentally they might be a little out of it and not totally focused. Um, it, it just would be human nature for that to be the fact. Um, so now let's move on. Let's focus on 2022 and let's get the job done this year. And so I very much hope that that's going to be the attitude of the team moving forward. I do really like the fact that Charlie Morton is starting game one against San Diego. Um, and I would assume that might mean he also could get the, the last start against L.A. So having him go twice, it gives you a little – little more solid feeling about what the Braves are going to do pitching wise on this road trip. He goes against Joe Musgrove, who's, who's very good on, in his own right. Um, so hopefully the Braves can put some things together against him. Uh, the Braves need to find their groove, right? Particularly their pitchers. And so we see, I think this road trip does, I think even though we're early in the season, I think this is a very important road trip. Um, if at least one of Ian Anderson or Oscar and Noah can find their groove uh, in their next start, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna feel a lot better about the Braves' pitching staff. 
And can these Braves, can these hitters find some consistency? Can we lengthen the lineup a little bit? Um, you know, I would love for the Braves to have a winning record, maybe by a few games before um, before Cunha comes back. We know what, what that's going to do to the lineup and the, the outfield defense, right? Uh, there's tremendous benefit, obviously, uh, understatement of the century uh, once Acuna comes back. But the Braves are a good team even without him, and they need to play that way, and they need to find a way to win some of these games. Um, and let's hope that they do that. Uh, just to kind of reiterate how, how strange this offense has been to start the season, the Braves on paper look fine, that they're averaging 4.8 runs per game. Uh, but remember, you had that 16-run game out of nowhere. So if you take that 16-run game away, they're only averaging three runs a game. And that's just not going to get it done, right, even against bad teams that we saw with the Reds and the Nationals. So uh, the offense, to me, you understand a little bit more with the pitching, right, uh, with the shortened spring training. But the offense, to me, is the is the place – that needs to get going now, and um, you know I'm I'm not concerned by any means, but we need to see this this team and and these guys beyond the top few really start hitting. So that's what I'm looking for in this um, this seven game road trip. And you know you go against the Dodgers, it you ought to be up for that one. So th that is something to look forward to, uh, and I'm certainly looking forward to watching that um, as this week goes on. All right, guys. Well, I will uh, hopefully talk to you in a few days. Um, maybe as the uh, San Diego um, games are concluding and we'll we'll dive into those games soon. All right. Talk to you soon.